Hello and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes with Trey Blossman and myself. We're going to talk about LSU football hot on the recruiting trail. Going to talk PGA, NASCAR, NBA, MLB, and much more. Lots and lots of takes on this episode of Sports Takes with Trey Blossman and myself. Again, feel free to share it with all of your friends. Don't forget to connect on social media. You can connect with me. I'm happy to do that. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, Talking Sports with TK has its own Facebook and Instagram account as well. Lots coming up, starting with LSU football. Going to wrap it up with Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, the documentary on television. Our thoughts on that as well. And a whole lot more. Lots of fun on this episode of Sports Takes. All a part of Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Stay tuned. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We're talking sports with TK. Time for another episode of Sports Takes with Trey Blossman. I am Tommy Christ, and we got several topics to kick around for you today. Our takes on it. We want you to share this podcast with your friends because we're going to cover a lot, and we appreciate you listening. Trey Blossman, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Doing fine, Tommy. Doing fine. Glad to hear that uh, LSU football in the news. It's always good to talk about the reigning national champions. Ed Orgeron and staff picked up another verbal commitment for the 2021 class. Kerry G, big kid, 6'3", 190, a safety out of Atlanta, Georgia, chooses LSU over Clemson, said he wanted to go to the real DBU. LSU now has 11 commitments for 2021. Uh, you, you mentioned this earlier. When you win a national championship, you start recruiting all over the nation. They've got kids from Texas, California, Mississippi, Ohio, Georgia, Florida, and one kid from West Monroe, Louisiana, Peyton Todd, a punter. That's for the only one from Louisiana at this point. So Trey Blossman, no big surprise, but Ed Orgeron and staff continue to do real good things on the recruiting trail. Absolutely. And again, winning the national championship opens doors that might not otherwise be open to you. They're going to take advantage of that. I expect to have a great class. Looking at the 247 sports rankings right now, they have LSU with the seventh best class, but that's misleading because we only have 10 commitments. Tennessee has 22, Ohio State has 17, North Carolina has 14. When you look at the average player ranking, we're actually third behind Ohio State and Clemson. So some other teams ahead of us in the composite, Tennessee, North Carolina, USC, uh, Florida, all have at least several more commitments than we do. Uh, And when you boil it down to the average, we have the third class. I expect to have one of the top two or three classes when all is said and done. Uh, Before we started recording, you mentioned the only one Louisiana kid committed. And uh, as I mentioned to you then, what that tells me is Louisiana kids that want to have a spot on the LSU football team 
they need to commit at some point in time before there's no spots left. You know, if there are four and five star players from out of state that want to commit, Coach O's going to let them commit. I know there's a big defensive tackle out of Thibodeau that LSU's extremely high on. LSU's pretty much been getting the best defensive lineman in the state since Coach O took over. I expect that to continue and we'll land him. But, man, they've got a running back from Ohio. They've got a linebacker from California who's the five-star. Uh, class is looking mighty good as it sits here currently with 10 commitments, Tommy. And they are recruiting a bunch of kids from Louisiana, and they'll continue to do that. You know, I go back to when Ed Orgeron got the permanent head coaching job, uh, a comment that he made that I've never forgot. You know, he made the comment in reference to how he had been around, you know, the disappointing stop at Ole Miss and didn't get the job at Southern Cal. And he kind of made a comment that one thing he learned in all of his stops for, as a young coach all the way through being named the head coach at LSU on a permanent basis was the, the following. Great players make great coaches. Well, Ed Orgeron and his staff have brought great players into LSU the draft and all the kids who signed free agent contracts are a testament to that. And they continue to do it. As you say, Trey, with the people from all over the country who are wanting to play for the national champions, wanting to play for Ed Orgeron, wanting to play in Baton Rouge and in Louisiana. And, you know, th this program uh, is going to benefit from that success and from that national championship for years to come on the recruiting trail. And these kids talk to each other a whole lot more than they did back in the day. They're talking every day. Hey, I had my trip to LSU. You need to come down here. We're going to win another national championship. You know, that that's a, the secondary level of recruiting that didn't exist 20 and more years ago. So I, I think all things pointed in the right direction for LSU. Next up for LSU football, there's a vote this Friday, the 22nd, by the Southeastern Conference to determine a date as to when student-athletes can get back on campus, namely for football players. LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward said they are proceeding like as if they're going to play the 12-game schedule that I got posted on my office wall here until they're told they can't. That's the mindset LSU and many other schools are in. Now, that may not happen nationwide, but the LSU Tigers, they're treating it like, hey, we got to get ready as soon as those kids can start reporting to campus, even if it's in small groups. Initially, Ed Orgeron and his staff are going to get the Tigers back to work. Well, look, you, you got to keep pushing ahead, Tommy. We complimented the NFL for doing that. They pulled off their draft uh, pretty much flawlessly. You know, I think there were a couple of minor tweaks there that they had issues with, but uh, they did something that a lot of people might have thought they couldn't do. We talked about the odds. The odds were heavy that there would be a major screw-up during the broadcast, and there wasn't one. Uh, I continue to applaud them for moving forward as other leagues are floundering trying to decide what to do. I saw something interesting, Tommy, uh, another victim of corona, if you will, is an Illinois high school who lost their starting quarterback – a Michigan commitment, J.J. McCarthy, is transferring from his high school in Illinois to Florida because of the possibility of no fall football in Illinois. Well, there's going to be a lot of things happening like that. We've seen a few more colleges drop some sports 
programs from their, their list of things that they're doing. Uh, the Division Two, Florida Tech dropped football. They'd only been playing for a couple of years. So going to see more and more of that going forward. There's a lot of unintended consequences here uh, with things. But I, I agree with you. you we got to go forward. Move ahead until somebody tells you you can't. Sooner or later, people got to get together. I mean, we can't go on forever like this. And LSU, the Southeastern Conference, they may be on the forefront of some of that. And I think that's a really good thing. And we're going to do another podcast later in the week, another episode of Sports Takes after the SEC takes that vote, because then maybe we'll we'll be able to talk about some other things with LSU football. We remind you, you're listening to Sports Takes, Trey Blossman and myself, Tommy Chrysan. Please share this with all your friends. Trey, this past weekend, we had some live sports events, albeit a little bit uh, different because of the change for the the pandemic issues and the recommendations from the CDC. I happened to watch the PGA golf event uh, that was put together to raise money, raised over $5 million for uh, the people uh, doing the COVID-19 treatments. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it, it, was, it was tough. I mean, you know, they had Dustin Johnson. He's got no personality. Ricky Fowler, he's got no personality. Rory McIlroy is the number one golfer in the world with a little bit of personality. And then this Matthew Wolf guy, I never really, I know he won on a tour, but I never heard much about him. Got the, probably one of the goofiest swings in golf history, but it does work. I thought it was an okay event. It was very tough because, uh, you know, most golf television events, probably 80% of the shots you see are on tape. Maybe in the majors, it's about 50% uh, in tournaments like the Masters, et cetera. Well, here you only had four golfers on the course. They're carrying their own bags. They're walking. They're wearing shorts. I hope the PGA Tour makes that a permanent thing. And it it was a a little (laughs) tough. It it, it ended on a kind of goofy way that it ended uh, closest to the hole to decide the whole match. I thought that was a little bit goofy, but it was a live sports. It was golf. It was at a great golf course, Seminole Golf Club down in, uh, just outside of West Palm Beach, Florida. It, this is not something that would have had any kind of audience if it wasn't be for the other circumstances. But I watched the first five or six holes. I watched the last four or five holes, and, and, and I was okay with watching it, but it was nothing great. Well, you know, Tommy, as I told you earlier today, I did something I've never done yesterday. I watched most of a NASCAR race. Uh, Like you, I watched the beginning and the end and took a break in the middle. You know, you can only watch them coming around the track so many times. I heard the announcers talking about the sounds as they came through the curves. You know, wee, 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 wee. And they said, it's the sweetest sound they've ever heard. Well, it's not a person who's not a NASCAR fan, I can't say that it was the sweetest sound I ever heard, <laughs> but, but it was, it was interesting and, and it held my interest for a time. And ironically, I, uh, I picked the winner of the race before the race, which I, I have no idea how I did that. I don't know who any of those people are, Tommy. Uh, but, but well, I did a little, good. Kevin I did a little bit of research was, and I picked the winner. <laughs> well, the winner was Kevin Harvick. That was his 50th career win. So, you know, you picked a guy who's done it before. No, it took place at the Darlington Raceway up in South Carolina, huge NASCAR country. Uh, no fans. Uh, there were a lot of fans that congregated near the perimeter of the raceway. 
because uh, they wanted to hear it, smell it, as they said. They, you know, they, I've never they like, met. They think it's those people think it's a sweet sound, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never been to a NASCAR event. I've got some friends, several friends, who go to Talladega over in Alabama. So do just I. Just for the so pa- for the party atmosphere, right? And the fun and the cooking and the food, like a like a tailgating thing, for lack of a better word. I don't know if that's what they call it. And they all tell me if I ever went to that once, I'd go back. But I, I've never done the the NASCAR thing. But, uh, you know, I, I applaud them for going ahead and doing the race. They're going to race again in Charlotte, North Carolina next week. Again, the Carolinas are a huge NASCAR country. Uh, it's a big, big, big thing to a lot of people up there. I didn't watch any of it yesterday. I kind of did the golf. You did the NASCAR. But under the different conditions, it was live sports. And I think that's a step in a good, positive direction. Tommy, I've been told the same thing by people who have gone to Talladega. I think when you go to those places and you're a newbie, they make you swear that you will tell people that. that <laughs> if you've never been, you'll if you've ever been, you'll go back. It reminds me one time my friend Bill Thompson and I were out at Jazz Fest and we were at the big Acura stage and Johnny Winter was playing. And they started having a bass solo. And I have zero tolerance when it comes to boring live music. And I said, Bill, bass solo. We're out of here. And we took off. Well, later that afternoon, when we ran into the people that we had been with who stayed out there, every one of them swore that was the best live set of music they've ever seen. And I know they just made a pact to try and make us feel bad. <laughs> uh, may have. I, I'm not big on a bass solo either. You know, some the drum thing can be okay because I, I can respect the talent of the of the musician. Uh, same thing with the bass, but no, just just play me some songs I want to hear and all this, that, and the other. Uh, we continue on with sport takes. Uh, Trey, let's hit on the NBA. Some okay. NBA facilities opening up. You can have like four players in there at one time, including the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, I'm going to join officially right here on May the 18th. I'm going to join the ranks of Shaquille O'Neal, Reggie Miller, former NBA coach George Carl, and others who have said they need to scrap the NBA season and get ready for October, November, and crank up the 2021 season uh the next season ed daniels uh you know legendary sportscaster in new orleans has said the same thing you know you're at this point now that you should be playing the western conference finals tonight should be game one of the western conference finals i think you got to scrap it say oh well and get ready and hopefully you can resume the regular schedule when you get to late september october when teams begin preparing for the next season. Hey, the, the the World Series got canceled in 94 due to a strike. Things happen. Life's not always fair. And I think you scrap it and you move forward and, and be ready to go full speed for the next season and let history just t- dictate what happened. When our grandchildren grow up and they go, hey, how come they don't have an NBA champion back in the 2020 season? Well, it's because of the damn panic virus thing that basically shut the country down for two plus months. Well, you know, as we've talked on previous podcasts, Tommy, I think whoever would win any shortened postseason in the NBA gets a title with an asterisk. And I don't think it's worth risking injury to any basketball player, much less a superstar, to try and win a title that's going to have an asterisk associated with it. You know, just look at last year's finals, 
Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant both lost a whole season because of injuries that they suffered in the finals. Now, Kevin Durant had had an injury before, but uh, trying to play again, he missed this whole season. Clay Thompson missed this whole season. I'd hate to see. And look, I don't like LeBron James at all. There's nothing about him that I like. But I'd hate to see him get injured and not be able to play next year. Uh, You know, I just, I, I think, I agree with Shaq. I agree with you. I agree with Reggie Miller and whoever else is now saying, uh, did you say Ken Trahan said that? Uh, Ed Ed Daniels. Daniels. Both great guys. Uh, Look, I I think they're right. I would love to have seen the Pelicans play out the rest of their schedule because they were starting to play really well with everybody healthy. But we're just going to have to wait until next season. I think that's the smartest thing to do. We've talked on previous broad, uh, programs, Tommy, about messing up the sanctity of the season. If you play now into August, you can't start again in October. So you've messed up two seasons. Better to take one season messed up than two. And I know there's a lot of money involved, okay? But these owners are billionaires. Most of the players are millionaires. Life's not fair some days, okay? Look, look at the countless people who have lost their small businesses, you know, maxed out all their credit cards, blew any kind of little nest egg they had in the savings account, cashed in IRAs, the whole bull because it is shut down. So life's just not fair someday. Sports is the fun and games department in life. We understand that. I just think you, you got to move on because then it's going to get to a point I think you were hitting on the sanctity of the game, and you can't let the game become a farce. And we'll talk more about that when we speak about MLB in a minute. You you can't compromise the integrity of the game just to get some in and to make a few bucks. That's my opinion. Some of you listeners out there may disagree, but I've been doing this a long time. Trey's been doing it a long time. That's my opinion. NBA, scrap it. Get ready for the next season and let history notate, uh, note what and why everything happened. Absolutely. Full agreement there, Tom. And then, and then speaking of making the game a farce, the, the MLB, uh, what they have proposed, and one, I don't know that they'll get to the field because they, I don't know if the Players Association and the owners can agree on how these people are going to get paid or not paid, and that's a, another topic for another day. But they're talking about co- make, almost making the game a farce. You know, players sitting in the stands instead of the dugouts. I mean, uh, I've seen lists of uh, things that they can do and not do. No fist bumps, no handshaking. I mean, uh, you know, if the baseball gets touched by two people, it comes out the games. And the pitcher throws it and it's a ground ball, fly ball to the left fielder, the left fielder touches it, that ball's got to come out of the game. They're not worried about the cost of baseballs. But, you know, you can't, again, if you can't play, life's not fair. Hopefully you can have a 2021 season. I'd hate to see MLB come in there and, and make a farce of the game just for the sake of trying to play and chasing the almighty dollar. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Tommy. No doubt. No doubt. All right. And then, of course, in the, the last dance, the 10-episode uh, documentary, if you will, on Michael Jordan and the, the, the sixth NBA championship won by the Bulls. It concluded last night. I know you have yet to watch it. You're going to. I watched every minute of all 10 episodes as they were played, and I think it's a masterpiece, my opinion. I don't want to say much about it right now. I want people who maybe haven't seen it 
to go ahead and, and take the time to watch it. If you're a sports fan, I, I gotta believe 95% of the people are going to absolutely love it. And, uh, it, it was, it was well done. A lot of talented people, a lot of good stuff. I highly recommend it, especially for any seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade student athlete, male, female, any sport you need to watch this thing. This is, this is powerful stuff coming from who I think is the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Well, Tommy, I, I'm a binge watcher when I watch TV, and I wanted to have all 10 episodes in the can before I started watching it. I'll probably watch it over the course of two nights this week is my guess, and I'll let you know what I think. Uh, I got something interesting in closing, Tommy. At least it's interesting to me. 24 years ago today, John Mabry, Mabry Baby, as a uh, <laughs> guy used to call him with the nicknames, uh, for the, playing for the St. Louis Cardinals, he did something that's only happened 14 times in Major League Baseball, Tommy. He hit for the cycle in order. He hit a single, a double, a triple, and a home run. The last time that was done was 14 years ago by Gary Matthews on September 13th of 2006. That's an extreme. Uh, hitting for the cycle is extremely rare. Very rare, more rare than a no-hitter. However, hitting with the cycle in order, as you just talked about, it just magnifies that through the roof. That's uh, quite an amazing accomplishment. It, it really is, yeah. And, of course, Mabry currently a coach for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, he, he was around for a while. I remember him, and, of course, Gary Matthews, one of my favorite ball players. All right, Trey, this has been fun. Uh, this episode of Sports Takes, once again, we encourage folks to share it with your friends. Trey Blossom and I will have another episode of Sports Takes Friday after the SEC votes on when LSU and the rest of the members can uh, return to campus with student-athletes in all sports and obviously everybody's attention on football. Trey, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to doing this near the end of the week. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tommy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.